This is a folk tale from Norway, and it's called Tatterhood. And I'd like to dedicate it to my mother-in-law, Cindy, because she is a bit of a feminist icon in her own right. So this is one where princesses are not just given away by the king uh, to anybody that happens to come along. This is about a truly independent princess, Tatterhood. Now, a long time ago, there was a king and a queen, and they had everything that you can imagine that anybody would ever want, except the one thing that they really, truly did want, and that was a child. There was no children, and the queen used to wail and cry and lament that there was no life in the palace without children. It was not a happy place. And wherever she went out into the world, she would see mothers and children. There would be even the, the poorest people, they had children. And she would hear the mothers scolding the children for being bad or praising them for being good. And she thought, oh, if only, if only, I would love a child that I could praise for being good or scold if they've been bad. Oh, what wouldn't I give for a child? Well, as time passed and still no children came, she decided to take on a little girl. I don't know anything about the little girl, whether she had a mummy or daddy at all. But she was alone in the world, and the queen took her in and decided to treat her just like her own child. She would praise her if she was good, she would scold her if she was bad. Well, the little girl was happily playing in the garden one day, and she was playing with a golden apple, when a beggar woman came by, and she had a little girl that was about the same age, and the little beggar girl went over and started playing with the little princess, and the princess was delighted, and she was throwing the golden apple to the little beggar girl, and she was catching it and throwing it back to the princess, and they were giggling and laughing and having a great time. Well, the queen looked out the window, and she saw this, and she knocked on the pane of glass, and she signaled to her child to come in at once. This is an outrage, she thought, a princess playing with a beggar girl. That's terrible. And the little princess turned around and dutifully headed back towards the castle, but so did the little beggar girl. In fact, the two of them were hand in hand best of friends. Well, when they came into the room where the queen was, the little beggar girl came trotting in with her, holding hands with the princess. What are you doing, she says. You're not supposed to be playing with beggars. She's far too beneath you to be playing with. Now get out of here at once, she said. Fancy playing with a tattered little beggar girl, it's terrible. And the little beggar girl said, well, queen, she said, 
if you wouldn't drive me out of this room if you knew what my mother could do. Well, what can your mother do, she said. Your mother and uh, my mother can bring children, she said. I know you want a child of your own. Well, my mother could make that happen. Well, the queen had the beggar woman brought in. And she said, Do you know what your daughter just told me? No, said the beggar woman. What did she say? She told me that you can make me have a child. Is that right? Oh, you don't want to listen to the silly nonsense coming out of a wee beggar girl, said the beggar woman. Ah. And she turned around and left. Well, the queen was still staring at the little beggar girl, who was still standing next to the princess, holding her hand. And she said, You know, that's terribly bad of you. You shouldn't lie, especially to a queen. I wasn't lying, she said. My mother can bring children. But take her, ask her again. But give her a drink and see what happens. That'll loosen her tongue. So sure enough, the beggar woman was caught back in, and she was given wine and mead as much as she wanted, and she was drinking it, and she was starting to get merry, and her tongue certainly was loosened. It was wagging away good. And the queen again put the same question to her. So, do you know how to bring children? Well, said the beggar woman, I do know a way, um, and, you know, it's worth trying. Well, what is it? said the queen. Well, at night, when you're going to bed, order two buckets of water to be taken up to your room, and then you must wash in both of those buckets of water. And when you're finished, you must pour the buckets of water underneath your bed, and then go and sleep there for the night, and in the morning you will find two flowers under the bed. The one will be ugly, a horrible, ugly-looking thing with black leaves. The other one will be beautiful, so fair and absolutely beautiful. You must take this beautiful flower and eat it, but don't eat the ugly one. Don't touch it. Just leave it there. Don't forget that I've told you that. Well, the queen thanked the beggar woman, and she slipped a gold coin into her hand, and the beggar woman went away with her child fairly happy. Now the queen had two buckets of water sent up to her room, and she washed in both of those buckets of water and then she poured the water underneath the bed, and then she went to bed and slept for the night. And in the morning she woke up, and she looked under the bed, and there, sure enough, was two flowers, an ugly one, terrible to look at, with black leaves, and a most wondrously beautiful one. Oh, she picked the beautiful flower, and she ate it, and it was so delicious, so sweet. It was the nicest thing that the queen had ever eaten in her life, and she was used to eating lovely things. 
But this flower was just something else. Well, she enjoyed it so much, she thought, I wonder if the other one is as lovely. And she thought, well, you know, who's how's it going to matter if I eat this one too? So she ate the ugly flower. And it tasted nice too. Now, time passed, and the queen soon found out that she was going to have a baby. And so, when the time came, the queen gave birth to a little girl. And what a girl that was! She was horribly ugly, with an ashen grey face. But the very weirdest thing about this child was not her looks. It was the fact that she was born with a wooden spoon clutched in her hand. And not only that, she was born riding on a goat. A little girl with a big, ugly wooden spoon in her fist, riding on a goat. And she rode around the floor and she said, Mama! she bawled to her mother. And her mother looked at her and said, If I am your mamma, then I truly must change my ways. Ah! Don't be sorry about me, said the little girl, riding round and round the floor on her goat. The one that's following me will please you a lot better. She's a lot better looking than I am. And sure enough, the queen gave birth to another girl, and this little girl was so beautiful. She was breathtaking, and the queen was so happy with her. She wasn't, though, so happy with the first child that was born. And you know, her nurse and her, they used to try to keep them away from each other. They would lock this girl up in a room by herself. But she was so strong-willed that she would just beat the door down and ride straight away to her sister. The two of them were utterly devoted to each other. They loved each other so much. And wherever the beautiful little princess was trotting around, there alongside her was her sister, riding on her goat with her wooden spoon in her hand. Well, it ended up that this oldest twin, the one on the goat, was dressed in rags, and she wore a hood over her head that was all ragged and frayed as well, and so they called her Tatterhood. Now, I have a feeling that they dressed her in beautiful clothes befitting a princess, but Tatterhood wasn't the sort to sit around the nursery doing nothing. Oh, no, she was off out on her goat, riding around through the woods, having adventures, and her clothes would get torn and tattered and ragged, till in the end they just gave up. But that hood she wouldn't take off. She loved her hood. And so Tatterhood she was came to be known by. And Tatterhood she was happy to call herself. Well, time passed, and the little girls grew up. And when they were young, young ladies, I mean, not 
still grown up, fully grown up, but, you know, they were still children, but they were good-sized children. There was a terrible commotion one Christmas Eve. There was the most awful sounds coming from the corridors outside the room, the sound of fiends and demons, horrible laughing and banging and clattering and things being knocked over and spoiled, and big stupid laughs and shrill piercing cackles, and Tatterhood, who was riding around on her goat, who was growing at the same pace as her, said to her mother, Mother, what is all that commotion out there in the corridor? Oh, it's hardly anything, she said. It's nothing. That doesn't sound like nothing to me, said Tatterhood. What is it? Oh, it's nothing that you can do anything about, my dear. Tell me, she said, what is it? Well, she carried on, persisted for so long that the Queen eventually said, Well, to tell you the truth, it's a whole party of trolls and witches. They've come to spend the Christmas Eve here. Christmas Eve, of course, in Norway is where you, is when you celebrate Christmas, on the 24th. So the trolls and the witches had come in to celebrate Christmas in the royal castle. Well, when Tatterhood heard that, she said, Well, I'll get rid of them. I'm going to go and drive them all out. Oh, no, child, you mustn't do that, said the queen. No, they are dangerous. They are wild. "'Ha! So am I,' said Tatterhood. "'I'll sort them out. I'll sweep the whole lot of them out the door, just like a whole pile of rubbish.' "'But,' she said, "'before I go out there, you have to make me a promise.' "'What's that?' said the Queen. "'Promise that you will not open a door, not even by a tiny crack must the door be opened.' You must keep them all fastened shut. And then, saying that, she opened the door, and the goat chomped through it. She slammed the door behind her, and soon there was a sound like a battle going on. There was the sound of the goat's hoofs running up and down, and the sound of Tatterhood yelling and shrieking out of her, and yelling warnings, and the whack, 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 whack of her wooden spoon as she beat the trolls and the witches, and there was the screams of terror and fright from all the creatures. The trolls were running off. She was battering them and knocking them flying. They were flying through the air and tumbling around the ground and moaning and screaming out of them and heading out the door, rubbing their bruises. And the witches were cackling and screaming and she was beating the witches as well till all of them was running towards the door. But then it happened. One of the doors was open very slightly. How it became open, I have no idea, but the door was open slightly, just a crack. And the beautiful little princess saw that, and she wondered how her sister Tatterhood was getting on, fighting all these hordes of trolls and witches by herself. And she went over to the door, and she peeped out of the door, and she just put her head 
just outside the door when a great big witch came running up and pop she pulled the princess's head off and whack she stuck a calf's head on to the princess's shoulders and she ran off carrying the beautiful head of the princess with her now the princess fell down on the floor on four feet and she ran mooing towards her mother well tatterhood had driven all the trolls and all the witches out of the castle, and she rode back in triumph back to the room. But when she got there, she saw that her sister was now a calf. She had a calf's head, and she was on all fours, and she was mooing like a calf. And Tatterhood was furious. Her rage blazed in her, and she scolded her mother and the servants, how could you, she said, I told you to keep the door closed. Is this how you call looking after your daughter? Look what you've done to her. Are you proud of yourself now, eh? Are you happy with the result? Look at her. Sure enough, poor little girl with a calf's head, standing there mooing. Well, <coughs> Tatterhead. Tatterhead, Tatterhood even, ordered a ship to be prepared for them. I will take my sister, she said, and I will go away and I will cure her, and I will bring her back, and she will be as beautiful as ever she was. I want a ship, and I want it fully supplied with food and water. Well, the king ordered that the ship should be made ready and he said to, to Tatterhood, Well, Tatterhood, I have your ship here ready, and I have the finest captain in all our navies, and the best hand-picked crew. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, said Tatterhood. I never said anything about a crew, certainly not a captain. But you need a captain and a crew. No, I don't, said Tatterhood. I'll do it all myself. I don't want any of them. You can tell them to go home. And so they did. And away they went. Well, Tatterhood took her sister down to the ship, and she cast off, and she steered the ship out the harbour, and away and away on a long, long, long voyage. Now, it took a long time for the ship to reach the land where the witches lived. But they got there eventually, and they went up to the landing place, and Tatterhood said to her sister, Now you stay in the cabin here. Don't come out. No matter what, do not come out on deck. And then she set off on her goat, off up to the castle where the witches lived, and she rode up there the goat snorting away as it ran up the hill towards the castle. And when they got there, she saw that there was a window open in one of the rooms. And when she looked in through the window, she saw her sister's head was hanging on the window frame. And so Tatterhood raced towards the castle, and then the goat gave a huge spring, and it chomped up into the air and right through this open window, which was on the first floor. 
and landed with a clatter inside the room. She snatched her sister's head, and they chomped out through the window again and back to the ship. Well, the witches, when they found out what had happened, they started to chase and get after Tatterhood. They were determined to get that head back, but Tatterhood was more determined than any witch, and she battered them with her spoon, and the goat charged them and butted them with its head, and she beat the witches until she knocked them all flying and sent them scurrying for home, and then she went back to the ship cast off and sailed out. She went into the cabin where her sister was, and pop, she pulled the calf's head off her sister, and whack, she stuck her own head back onto her shoulders. And there she was, as beautiful and as kind and gentle and loving as she ever was before, and Tatterhood took her in her arms and wept tears of joy. They both wept. Well, they didn't go straight home. They sailed for a long, long, longer than long time. And they eventually came to another kingdom. Now this kingdom was ruled by a king who was a widower. His wife had died, and he was left with a son, who was a young man. Now, when they saw this fine ship come sailing into their harbour, flying royal standards from another country, the king sent down his messengers to the ship to order that they, they come up and acknowledge the king there and tell them who they were and where they'd come from. Well, down went the messengers, down to the ship. And when they got there, to their amazement, they saw that the ship was empty. There was no one there except for a young woman riding on the back of a goat and wearing rags and a tattered hood. And, oh, she was ugly, and she was ashen grey in the face. And they looked at her with wonder as she rode round and round and round the deck on her goat. Well, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, said the messenger. Yes, what do you want, said Tatterhood, still running around in circles around the deck. Uh, are you the only person in this ship? No, she said. My sister's here as well. She carried on riding around and around the, the deck. Is your sister anything like you? Oh, no, no, she's not like me. She is very, very beautiful. Well, may we see your sister? No, said Tarhood. No, you can't. And they kept riding round and round and round the deck on the, on the goat. Well, the king has ordered you to come up to the castle. So, come with me. No, said Tarhood. No? What do you mean, no, said the messenger? No, said Tarhood. I will not go up to the castle. If the king wants to see me and my sister, he's got to come down to the ship himself. And she just carried on running round and round the deck on her horse, brandishing her wooden spoon in her fist. Well, the messenger went back to the king, and he told him what he'd seen. This strange girl, 
monstrously ugly, with a grey ashen face, riding on a goat round and round the deck of the ship, and brandishing a huge ugly wooden spoon in her fist. And she says that she has a sister on board who is beautiful, and that they are princesses to boot. Well, the king was intrigued, but they won't come up to the castle. Well, the king got himself ready, and down to the ship he went. And there he saw Tatterhood riding around on the deck on the back of the goat. So, he said, you are the young woman who, who won't obey my orders, me, king of this land. That's right, said Tatterhood, and carried on riding round and round on her goat, waving her wooden spoon in the air. Hmm, most strange, he said, most peculiar. Well, I believe you have a sister. I do. May I see her? If you want. So Tatterhood called to her sister, and she came out the cabin. And as soon as the king saw her, <gasps> whoa, he fell head over heels in love with this beautiful young maiden. Oh, so gorgeous, and so gentle and kind and graceful. Well, he invited them both up to the castle, and Tatterhood agreed, and so they set off up to the castle, and Tatterhood trotted in through the door of the castle on her goat, and into a room where they were richly entertained. And the king said, You know, I'm not that old a man. I was married young, as is the custom among the royal families, and uh, I, I really would love to marry this beautiful rose of a princess. May I marry you? No, said Tatterhood. No, you can't marry her. Well, who denies that the king can't marry who he chooses? Well, I do, said Tarhood. You're not getting her. Not unless you let me marry the prince. Oh, well, um, uh, I suppose we could arrange that. So the king went to the prince, and he brought him down there, and the prince saw Tatterhood, and he had been told that there was a an unusual-looking princess had arrived, and that the king wished him to marry her. And when he saw her, oh, his heart sank. Oh, she was so ugly. Well, I'm not marrying that creature, said the prince. But you must, said the king. I want to marry her sister. Well, I'm not surprised, said the prince. She's beautiful, but look at her, look at her sister. I can't imagine how those two can be related at all. They are so different. I mean, oh, well, you just have to look at them, don't you? Oh, but it would make me so happy, said the king. Won't you please marry her? No, no way I'm not marrying her. Well, the king and all the other people in the court, 
They all went to the prince, and they all talked to him, and they all tried to persuade him to marry Tatterhood. And eventually he was worn down so that he said, Okay, I'll marry this Tatterhood. And so a royal wedding was prepared. Oh, there was a great baking and brewing and all sorts of things being prepared for the feast. And on the day of the wedding, all the people lined the roads, and the king set off in the royal carriage with the beautiful princess sitting by his side. And everybody gasped at how beautiful she was. What a lovely couple they make, they all said. Oh, isn't she the most delicate flower? What a beautiful girl. Well, riding along behind them, on a horse, was the prince, and trotting next to him was Tatterhood, on her goat, waving her wooden spoon in the air. And everybody stared in amazement at her, because Tatterhood was, well, she was no beauty. And the prince didn't look like he was going to a wedding. He looked more like he was going to a funeral, and his own one at that. Now, as they rode along, the prince never said a word. His head was downcast, and he just rode slowly along, while clip-clop, 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 alongside was the goat. And Tatterhood turned to him and said, "'You're not very talkative, are you?' Mm, said the prince." Maybe not. Well, I hope that you're not going to be like this all our married life, she said. Hmm, said the prince. Oh, he was too miserable to even reply. Why don't you, why don't you speak to me? Well, what should I speak to you about, said the prince. Well, you could ask why I ride on this ugly goat. Well, why do you ride on this ugly goat? An ugly goat, said Tartarcourt. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think that this is the finest horse that any bride ever rode on. And the prince looked, and the goat had been transformed into a beautiful white horse, the most magnificent that he had ever seen. But it didn't lift his spirits. And he rode along with his eyes downcast sadly. And after a while, Tatterhood said, You're still not very talkative, are you? Well, what should I say to you? said the prince. Well, you could ask me why I carry this ugly wooden spoon in my fist. Well, why do you carry an ugly wooden spoon in your fist? he said. Ugly wooden spoon? Oh, I don't think so, she said. It's the most beautiful silver wand in the world. And when he looked, the wooden spoon had been transformed into a beautiful silver wand that caught all the sunshine and glinted and sparkled in the sun. A truly beautiful thing. But still, the prince was downcast and sad. And he spoke no more, and then Tatterhood said, You're still not saying very much, are you? Well, what is there to say, he said. Well, you could ask me why I always wear this 
ugly old tattered hood. Well, why do you always wear an ugly old tattered hood? An ugly tattered hood, she said. Oh, I don't think so. It's the most beautiful golden crown that any bride ever wore on her way to her wedding. And the prince looked, and sure enough, the hood had been transformed into a beautiful golden crown. But Tatterhood herself still looked the same. And he carried on riding with his head bowed and his eyes downcast. And Tatterhood said to him, Well, you're still not saying much, are you? Mm. Well, why not? What's to say, he said. Well, you could ask me why I have such an ugly, grey, ashen-coloured face. Well, why do you have an ugly, ashen, grey-coloured face, he said. An ugly face, said Tatterhood. Why, you think my sister's beautiful. I'm ten times more beautiful than she is. And the prince looked at her, and she was. She was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen in his life, with her beautiful golden crown on and her beautiful silver wand in her hand and riding on a beautiful white horse. And then the king, the king's son, suddenly found his tongue, and soon there was no stopping him. They chatted away and merrily and laughed all the way to the church. And then the two of them were married, and they went back, and they celebrated in style with a magnificent feast. The two beautiful sisters, Tatterhood now free of her enchantment, and more beautiful even than her sister. And the king and his son, the prince, were both so happy, and so were Tatterhood and her sister. And then they went back to Tatterhood and her sister's kingdoms. And they went there, and they met the king and the queen, who was amazed to see Tatterhood transform, and delighted to have their beautiful daughter back, rather than the calf that they'd had before. And they met the king and the prince that had married them, and they threw another, even bigger banquet than before. And you know, it went on for so long that I think there's still a drop of bride's cog left in the cog, so I'm off to see if I can find that castle.